0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's Sports Talk Show.
1: Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan.
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 2520, 15, 10, far snowshoes. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out
2: Bishop of the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups
0: stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! Oh! Are you serious? Slam-chan Get him ready for the NBA! Something not happening in the sports world.
2: So you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I
1: think I'd rather have a tooth pulled.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
2: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in person, Mr. Steve Sell,
1: who might be a little I, bit I'm distracted. Trying to get, <laughs> I'm trying to give directions. We don't have anybody up front, and I'm trying to get the uh, person to go to the back and find Mark. <laughs> oh, I feel like a traffic cop. <laughs> what a start to the week,
2: Steve. Yeah. What a start to our post basketball life. As well. It's
1: just like this big exhale this morning. It's been a interesting morning, to say the least. It's been a really weird morning. It, it's almost like we're both just on empty, and we're stepping our foot on the gas, and there's nothing there. I think we just... There's not much. We left every... We're like McPherson High's girls. We left everything on the court. We left s- it all on the court. <laughs> <laughs> we left it all on the court. We left it all in our cramped radio broadcasting position on Saturday, and... You know, And and with the little box, we almost fell down. (laughs) No, there was no almost. (laughs) I don't know if
2: anybody from McPherson was here to see this, but it was after the girls played their 3 o'clock game on Friday afternoon. So they get done with their game at 3.45 or whatever time it was. might have been 4. And somebody, I think it was Mark Heidebrecht, he yelled at me and said, hey, he wasn't yelling at me. He said, come talk to me. So I had to go up this step in the little press area. Then, I walked down the step, and it was like a stool, but a very loose stool. They have, a, they have
1: just this little box, almost, that you have to kind of step on, and boy, once you...
2: And I stepped on it, and, and it went out from
1: under me. Yeah, and once I saw that, I was grabbing on the rail every time that I was going down that step.
2: I don't know if I've ever flown in the air as much as I did at that moment. I the stool went out from under me. I started flying up in the air. What well, caused? Commotion. Arms
1: were wailing. Much much commotion was being
2: caused. Oh, people were screaming from the stands. <laughs> bloody murder! Going. Oh my God! Is yeah. he okay? Yeah. And luckily, I survived. Yeah. Steve, it's been such a weird morning. Not because I probably should have thrown out my shoulder. I had to take a nap this morning. Right. I was thrown off. Well, whether it's daylight savings or whether it was just trying to refuel. I had to take a forty-five minute nap on the floor, and I don't know if I've ever had a better forty-five minute floor nap than what I had this morning. Well, I feel if, good now. If you
1: had the old couch that used to be in there, you could have slept right on the couch.
2: I think that would be a bad idea, <laughs> or that I could I could just go sleep out in the lobby. Right? Do you think yeah. that would be a pleasant sight for people to walk in on?
1: Well, Katie with a C would have, you know, she would me have... just
2: drooling on the couch somewhere. <laughs> well, we're making it through. It, this is life after basketball. We're trying to make our way through. Steve, it was a very fun weekend. We enjoyed our time in Emporia. We got to see some very good basketball, watched a couple of state champions be crowned, and unfortunately it wasn't McPherson on the girls' side, or I guess the boys' side, playing late into the night on Saturday night, but a very fun weekend that we had in Emporia.
1: Yeah, we uh, actually we took in the whole the whole gamut of games. We just didn't stay for the McPherson game and come back. We We decided on Saturday just to make a, a whole weekend, you know, a day of it and watched the championship games, the St. Thomas Aquinas girls, of course, which had beaten McPherson High on Friday. It was almost like a cat and mouse game. They just kind of toyed with Blue Valley Southwest for a half. And then it was tied at halftime, which was pretty amazing in itself, because if you did the eyeball test, I mean, Aquinas, I said before the game it'd be 20, it ended up being 21. Uh, There was no doubt. Southwest was probably the fourth best team there, and, I'm, I still believe, I know Kansas City Schlegel beat McPherson and, you know, we were a little partial to McPherson, but I still think, you know, in, in a, if if you played several games, McPherson would win almost every one of them. And Schlegel, though, just shot the lights out and really ramped up the defense. I, and maybe the worst thing that happened for the Bullpups was it was so easy the first half. They made shots from everywhere. They scored 40 points. They were on pace for 80, you know, and and they uh, Schlegel only had one girl that was doing anything and, and you figured she'd cool off so I, I i was thinking you know i already this is really sad you know uh-oh i, I already had my story the lead and about the first four paragraphs written at halftime cuz you know we have that halftime break and i'm sitting there cranking away on the on the computer and i already had the bull pups in the book as a third place team so Way to go, Steve! Yeah, so I had to go back. Way to go! So I had to go back and strike, you know, strike all that out and reload and and uh, retool and, but uh, anyway, a, a really good third place game. You know, in third place games, often teams are really kind of down from the night before. But, Pretty much
2: like the third place
1: boys game at five a. Oh boy, was that just a? That was a, now that game was miserable because <laughs> Bishop Carroll was devastated by you know losing a. Thirteen-point fourth-quarter lead or sixteen, whatever it was, they didn't want to be there, and boy, they played like it. They just, you know, they they were just crestfallen and really didn't put up a what could have been a great game. And they've been playing for the championship. Holy cow! But we saw an unbelievable boys championship game. Great game. And, Andover Central uh, outlasted Baser Linwood. We, of course, were right behind the or right in front of the Linwood section, and I mean, let me tell you. They brought a ton of people, and they had some angry people in their <laughs> section because, my goodness, I've never, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I didn't have the headphones on because we're not on the air. So, you know, normally I can't hear what fans are saying pretty much. Holy cow, I tell you what, I heard more four-letter words screaming, I'm going to, you know, officials, you're going to die, you know. It was, <laughs> but my favorite comment was, Somebody said, how much is Andover Central paying you? Yeah, And and the one I liked was, call it both ways. Well, that was after the 12th foul. Uh, It was 12-3. to Andover Central had 12 fouls. Baser only had three, and their fans were saying, well, call it both ways. I'm going, my gosh, what more do you want? You've got 12 12 of the first 15 fouls have have been on the positive side for your team. So uh, they're very intense fans, very rabid, got a great team. But boy Andover Central I tell you they they were really the kind of the darlings of the tournament good to for me. them yeah good for them Jesse Herman of course friend of ours uh, of course he, he and coach Stradman played together at Tabor they were the you know du- big connection at Tabor with Hiram Finney all three from Sabetha uh, of course they had some fantastic teams and and Andover Central just played incredible basketball and the big three for Andover Central uh, Xavier Bell Easton Leadham, and uh, uh, who's Easton Liedem? Braden Belt. Braden Belt. They scored like ninety percent of their points in like all three games. We got to see a lot of
2: Andover Central over the last two years. You've seen them a lot over the last four years with them playing at the four A level in Salina, and they unfortunately, for three years, ran into the McPherson machine and the Miege machine right. in the semifinals, and they kept getting so close, and it was really good for them to go on and win a state championship, and it was a lot of fun to watch those games. Steve, I know there were a lot of people that if they were sticking around as McPherson fans, thinking, ugh, a little jealousy, a little fear of missing out. where I, I started to think like that a little bit, too, and and going, well, it's a weird feeling that the McPherson teams aren't playing in a state championship, because with me being here, that's all I had known, Right, was playing in those final games, and it's maybe a a reality check, and and a reminder that, yeah, this doesn't happen every year. Just how
1: fortunate we've been, you know, especially since, like, 2011. You know, I think we've been in the state championship game almost every year except since 2011, but one.
2: I think every year for at least one of the teams playing in it since then. So, it was a really fun weekend. Of course, it didn't end in the best of ways for the McPherson girls, but they had a terrific season, 21-3, and and the way we phrased it is, They won 21 out of their first 22 games, only lost once in the first 22 games, right? and then they lose twice in the final two. And it
1: was fun for us, you know, we're around this team quite a bit, you know, we talked to them before the game, they were really loose before the game, they were excited, Uh, they came out, they made eight threes in the first half, I mean, Grace Pyle put on an absolute shooting display that was Taylor Robertson-esque almost, because she made five threes in the first half, and then give... Schlegel, credit their coach, changed their defense up. They really attacked uh, the Bullpup ball handlers. The Bullpup started kind of uh, having trouble getting the ball into the front court. A lot of half-court traps. And uh, Schlegel made an incredible comeback. And what's scary is Schlegel could be the team to beat next year because they beat McPherson. They have everybody back, and their best player did not play in the game. She got hurt on Friday and did not play on the or got hurt on Wednesday and did not play on Saturday. So, they're going to be really good, of course, Aquinas is going to be really good. We didn't really even get to talk about that, Steve. The right. Aquinas game on Friday,
2: another tough one for the Bullpups where they just couldn't make shots whenever they needed them to go down. I thought they had the right game plan. Oh, yeah. And the takeaway I think from everybody in Emporia was saying McPherson and Aquinas are pretty even. Right. It's not like they were facing the juggernaut. It was juggernaut.
1: a three-point three game with one minute to go.
2: And I thought it was pretty indicative of that. And I thought these two teams, they knew what they were going to get from each other and had a very good game plan. But Aquinas is a very good basketball team. Right. Schlegel was a very good basketball team. McPherson was a very good basketball team. And as we look ahead to what's coming up in the future, I think we're still going to be seeing a lot of those three teams maybe even a May South into that mix. I know they lost a really big senior class, but you're going to start to see a lot of these same 5A teams over and over again. Blue Valley
1: Southwest, they've been in the finals, what, two of the last four or five years, I believe. Right.
2: The problem, I guess, that there can be with jumping around classifications a little bit is you start to see different teams where at 4A, McPherson knew what it was going to get. They knew if they played Labette County, they had seen them before. They knew what their style would be. Same thing for Piper. Same thing for Bishop Meage. When you start to get comfortable seeing these teams, it definitely benefits you. Where McPherson was back around some teams that they hadn't been around in a long yeah, time. Been, and I thought that years. that definitely made a difference
1: too. Yeah, been about 10 years, 9 years since we'd seen some of those you know, schools and a lot of good underclassmen in this tournament though. That's one thing that I took away from it. Um, And, of course, never leave out Wichita Heights. You know, they were kind of stunned in that first game, and uh, everyone told me they kind of gave it away. Uh, Goddard, you know, good basketball team. I I didn't look at their roster to see how many seniors they had, but uh, I think you're going to see a lot of these same teams next year.
2: Steve, are there any other big surprises for you across the
1: state this weekend with
2: state champions being crowned or teams that didn't win?
1: I don't think so. Uh, Derby girls probably had been the biggest surprise. They had dominated all year, uh, but we knew Washburn Rural was really good. And that was another one of those games where a lot of people said the state championship game was on Friday. So uh, Derby got upset. They'd won, what, 47 in a row, I think it was?
2: 47 or 48, somewhere in that yeah, range. Yeah, something
1: in that range. And and uh, we were listening to that game on the way home, and it just sounded like Washburn Rural played incredible. They got a girl named Carly Batchelor. Uh, going to Creighton, and uh, really, she was the star of the game, star of the show. Kind of took the thunder away from Derby's Kennedy Brown, who was named the Gatorade Player of the Year, but I think you and I are in agreement. The best player in the state, 1A, Emily Ryan. Everybody I've talked to says Emily Ryan can write her ticket to whatever school she wants to go, Notre Dame, UConn, you name it, Emily Ryan is the real deal. She's probably one of the top. 25 players in the country.
2: Central Plains. Right. The Oilers have just won six state championships in a row. Yeah. They've only won like 120 games in a row. And they're going to
1: make it seven straight next year because they got a lot. Emily Ryan's back next year.
2: As long as she's back, they'll be okay for a while. Exactly. Steve, it was a great weekend. Fun way to end the basketball season. I want to take our first break, and I've got a very important question to ask you. It's not about The Bachelor, although the finale is tonight.
1: I won't be watching
2: We'll see about that. You're running out of sports to watch. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim joiner Steve Sell. Steve, the Kansas State Wildcats the Texas Tech Red Raiders they're Big 12 champions. My question for you is are you okay? Have you handled this weekend oh, well? Yeah. Did it help you that you didn't have to watch the K-State celebration?
1: It it didn't bother me in the least. Congratulations to K-State. I mean, we got a we got more K-State fans around here and we got KU fans, so um but you know, this was their year. We knew going into the season. I mean, they were picked second. And then of course, when they started 0-2 and, and were down 21 to West Virginia, you know, it didn't look good. But uh, Bruce Weber, you know, kept this team together. They were a veteran team. And what help is you got three great seniors and you play great defense. That's a pretty good combination.
2: So as you look ahead to the Big 12 tournament this weekend in Kansas City, and probably more importantly beyond, what is this K-State team's ceiling? Where can they be? What will you consider a great tournament, what would you consider a disappointment? What would you consider about average? Where do you see things playing out?
1: Making the finals is the ceiling. I mean... That's being, what,
2: that's where you think would make this a good weekend.
1: It'd make it a good weekend if they make the finals.
2: All right, how about for next week? And the week after that?
1: Um, maybe, maybe... We, winning one game? I see them winning two. I see them winning two. Just because they're a tough team to play because of their defense... But I think they'll be in the Sweet 16, but I don't think they'll make it to the Elite 8.
2: What do you think would be considered a bad weekend? If they win their first... Lose lose to KU. Where where are we assuming a K-State seed would be? Four? Three or four?
1: Oh, in the NCAA? Yes. I'm saying four. Yeah. So if they're a four... If they win the Big 12, though... Probably a three. Probably a three. They'll be the worst. They'll be the bottom of the three. So let's say they're
2: a four seed... They play the thirteen in the first game. Right. They win, yeah. and if they turned around and lost to a seven or a, a five, I guess is who it would be. Yeah, five to a, maybe a twelve. <laughs> do you think that would be a disappointment yeah. if they don't reach the Sweet Sixteen? I think
1: it is. I think it is. After making an Elite Eight run last year, and you got the same players, but remember, you know, we always, you know, preface it by saying they had a great run. They had a great draw in the tournament last year. Things fell. Perfectly for them to make the Elite Eight. They were probably not one. They were not one of the eight best teams in the country last year. It just worked out that way at the end.
2: What about for your Jayhawks, Steve? What is your ideal situation for KU over the next two weeks?
1: Win the tournament. That would be that would be kind of a make up for not winning the fifteenth in a row. I think winning two games in the NCAA tournament is as far as that team. I think winning two games would be great to make the sweet sixteen. I think for KU this year's with everything that's gone wrong, there hasn't been little that's gone right and still look, you know, not look, much. Not much has gone right and look where they finished up. You know, they were still, what were they, twenty two and seven or something like that? Uh third in the Big Twelve, which of course that's there's no crime finishing third in the Big Twelve for KU fans it is. But realistically, if you're just an average basketball fan, you don't have any allegiance, there's nothing wrong with finishing third in the Big 12. So now, are you excited for the Big 12 tournament? Do you care?
2: Because do you remember the the good old days like 10 years ago, at least for me? Yeah. 10 or 15 years ago when it was Big 12 tournament well, season, the teacher would roll out the TV monitor into the classroom or they'd be able to pull it up on the, on the internet somewhere and we'd be watching the Big 12 tournament games. KU would play that. 1 o'clock, One o'clock in the afternoon yeah. game, and we'd be following along with that. K State would follow it up with a three thirty game, and we'd be sitting there just watching at the side of our eye while we're trying to learn about math. And <laughs> there <laughs> wasn't much. Lear- the there wasn't
1: much learning going on when the Big Twelve tournament was going on, at least for me. So um, no, um, it's to me the Big Twelve tournament is for the teams that are on the bubble, because you know the top four teams, the teams that make the finals and or the semis and the finals, those teams know they're going to go. It's for the Oklahomas, the TCUs, uh, you know, teams. Texas. Like Texas, the teams like that.
2: Steve, we'll take one more break. I've got another very important topic to discuss with you, and it's not The Bachelor, I swear. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self.
2: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, the big I, news. What? I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, do I feel Because I just feel like death warmed over <laughs> today. I really do. The big news over the weekend. Did you follow along with it? It just depends. Mr. Antonio Brown. Oh, okay. Former Steeler. Almost future Buffalo Bill. Turned out that was not the case. Now, Raider. Antonio Brown. Yep.
1: The Chiefs are going to have to have a corner that can shut him down two times a year. Are you really concerned about
2: Antonio Brown being in the division, or do you think that was a big product of the Pittsburgh
1: Steelers? That's my first question. I've got a second one to follow it up with. Well, the Steelers, they're they're trying to change the culture. Antonio Brown was a diva. He was. It was either him or Big Ben. One of them had to go, and... Obviously they Well no, are you are you afraid of Antonio Brown being in the division? That's my that's well, my I, first I question. I think he'll make the Raiders he's worth three extra wins next year, I think, for the Raiders. You really think so? I do. But I also think he's on the downslide. My next question is how do you think
2: this execution of this trade is going to impact the way NFL players will negotiate over the next couple of years. Well, I thought- Because Antonio Brown skipped out on week seventeen, didn't show up, demands a trade. He's in the middle of this contract, and I think the Raiders sent a third and fifth round pick yeah. to Pittsburgh. I mean, are you kidding me? And I think the way his contract is going to be negotiated now is it's like thirty million dollars up guaranteed. front. It's Thir- all guaranteed 30 up. Thirty million front. guaranteed. So how do you think this impacts the way the rest of the league operates from here on out? Do you think this is
1: a game changer? I do. And I think it's a bad look. Superstars holding out and getting I, their money. I think the players all of a sudden are really in control. The owners, you know, the owners used to be in control, but I don't think so. Now guys, you know, they're threatening, they're hollering, they're screaming, I don't want to be Le'Veon here. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell and hey, the Raiders still have two first round draft picks. They could use one of those and get Le'Veon Bell. Are you afraid of the Raiders yet? Mm -mm. No. As a Chiefs fan? No. They're still the Raiders. They still do a a lot of kind of silly things when they play. So is there a reason now that, that
2: seems weird that the Raiders would trade away another young superstar wide receiver for not much in Amari Cooper and then go
1: out of their way to get this? Other superstar wide receiver. Did that feel weird to you? It did, but remember, they've got a different general manager now. So uh, maybe the, there's a shift in philosophy from one general manager to the next. And uh, Raiders aren't done. I think, you know, they're, they're going to do some wheeling and dealing. And um, I, I saw something today who has all the bet most money to spend. And the Colts, I believe, have the most money. So there's some pretty good free agents out there. And I think the Jets. Or another team that just has a ton of money to spend. Well, let's
2: just hope that the Chiefs.
1: Well, the Chiefs get some just defensive pick, players. The, the Chiefs just picked up 14 million in cap space. Adios, Justin Houston. No more Justin Houston. If you didn't hear it, Justin Houston, cut by the Chiefs, and most people anticipated that yeah, happening. And and you know he got that he had that 22 sack season. I want to say in what 15 maybe 14. I believe 14.
2: I was there the last he been,
1: he's been hurt basically ever since then. He's thirty years old. He's a good player. He is not a twenty one million dollar a year player anymore. He's just another guy on their defense that you know he's a decent player. but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see who he hooks up with and how much money he's paid because he signed a what one hundred and six million dollar contract with the Chiefs. It was massive at the time. Yeah, it was massive at the time and he's looking probably at like a 5 or 6 million dollar deal now. Finally,
2: one more thought, Steve. Are you going to watch The Bachelor tonight? No. The season finale? No. What about The Women Tell All? No. After the final rose? No. Who do you think he's going to propose to?
1: I don't care. I don't even know who they are.
2: <laughs> Cassie or Tasha or Hannah G. Give me your pick. Hannah G.
1: I like Hannah G. Is that right? Yeah. I wouldn't
2: know her from Adam. Big, <laughs> big fan of Hannah G. Well, I
1: won't. I won't be watching it. I don't know what I'll be watching, but that will be the least of the things I would watch tonight.
2: What about just like the last thirty minutes? Just watch the part of him proposing. You yeah. don't have to deal with all the drama. Just no. watch the girls come in and get denied.
1: No, come
2: on, Steve. I
1: can't do buy that. in. I do not buy in, and I know the McFirst night girls' basketball team. They were. They talk, love it. They were talking about it, and they couldn't understand. Why, you know, that and they couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. So I just, I have different tastes, apparently. We've got
2: some things to work on with you, Steve.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> snarky. I'm. I got Yeah, work on that. Can't be so snarky.
2: All right, Steve. Wrapping up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from twelve thirty to one p.m. right here on ninety-six point seven FM KBBE.